I'm joined by Neil Murray, one of Australia's finest songmen, to explore his latest album, The Telling. Neil Murray, first of all, congratulations on a new album and welcome to Night TV Radio. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, number 10 it is for me, for solo releases anyway, so, yeah, I put them out in the world and see what happens. I can't take them back. <laughs> <laughs> And 10 is a, a big number, but then it also marks 40 years of an illustrious career, starting with uh, the Warumpi Band and then uh, going solo. Some are saying that this is uh, one of your best albums. How, how do you manage hit after hit? <laughs> You're very kind, but I don't really feel... Well, I guess My Own Home was a mainstream hit after Christina Anu recorded it. I, 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 you know, but, and I, I guess... Songs like Black Fellow White that we did in the Warrupee band are kind of fairly well known. I, I feel that I've just I've never been really in the mainstream. I've been on on the fringes more, uh, which suits me. You know, I can do what I like. You know, not under any sort of pressure from uh, management or labels to kind of be a certain way. I, I was free to express myself and how I wanted to. So um, that's been a blessing, I think. Yeah. yeah, well, I just the songs come to me, and uh, I, you know these these ten songs are the strongest I had from the last four or five years since I've had the last album out. So uh, yeah. they uh, they sort of suggested themselves to be together on, on this album to be released. So. And how would you describe this song, this album? Because I saw there are songs that are clearly protest songs, like one about uh, mining in Bururula, which is uh, really you know addressing the issue that's uh, tearing apart the community and destroying the environment there. Uh, how would you describe this album? Well, it's called the Telling, so you can you can deduce from that it means truth telling. Yeah, and so there's quite a few songs that deal with the issues relevant to, to Australia or our, this country, this nation to do with uh, issues of human rights and justice, black deaths in custody uh, indigenous you know, rights uh, uh, sad history at times but that needs to be acknowledged and accepted and um, you know, but within all that I feel there's a kind of a hope there's an there's a optimism there there's, a, there's an acknowledgement of <clears throat> past wrongs grievous wrongs, but there's also an acceptance that, well, we have to be big enough to, you know, accept all this and move forward in a way that's healing and, and positive for all. So that's kind of where I where I sit, I guess. Uh, an album with songs of protest, uh, there are songs also really uh, full of positivity, songs where you actually talk positively about uh, some aspects uh, singing uh, your Uendumu song uh, this is a song that uh, actually catches my attention my Uendumu song why that title and uh, explain to us about this one in particular <laughs> well there's a Kalia bloke in Uendumu um, a white fellow Frank Barter I think he's a, he's a Dutch ancestry he's been there for 50 years and he's quite a character quite eccentric he's well known it's accepted by all the Walpree mob, and I think it's amazing that he has lived there for 50 years because most Europeans that go and work on remote indigenous communities might last a year or two at best. Yeah. There's a high turnover of, of, of non-indigenous people that work in these places. But Frank kind of, um, you know, he's really, uh, really great 
supporter and has an affinity for Walford culture and he often he has a blog as well and he reports on what's going on of course there's been so much negative media attention of on Yundamuv lately uh, especially since that terrible shooting that happened and also Frank has just recently uh, written a a book, a biography kind of thing, called My Yundamu Story. And I thought, tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> well, I'll write a song about him and about Yundamu, in a sense, and call it My Yundamu Song and, it, and give a positive spin because um, Frank and other people that live in Yundamu can't understand all the negative um, things that get written about Yundamu because they, they feel that the, their lives are very rich there, you know. So I, I think it's important to put that perspective in of people that actually live in a place and they get sick and tired of being uh, misrepresented in the media. So my Unamu song is my song about Unamu as being, being a place of substance It's um, and a lot, of, a lot of history and it's a place where people have made their lives for better or worse through the good times and the bad. They have made it their own and um, it's home sweet home for those people. Yeah. Yeah, because it's been in the news uh, for the wrong reasons since the 2019 um, tragic, tragic, tragic uh, death of a man at the hands of a, I would say. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that, that uh, terrible event, because I'm in touch with a lot of people up there, kind of fueled that other song, No Justice, as well, um, that's on the album, uh, which talks about uh, black deaths in custody and also the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, and so that that terrible tragic event that happened at um, Yunnamu sort of spawned a couple of songs, really. Yeah. My Yunnamu song, plus it also fed into the you know, just a song I've got as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the opening track also has uh, some uh, very, very powerful story behind it, "Broken Land." It's my attempt at an all-encompassing view how I feel about. This region where I originally came from, where I am now, Japarong country. To any uh, Indigenous person who is strong in their culture, they can see and look at this land and they can see that it's broken because the traditional life was smashed here early on and uh, all the song lines and ceremony and spiritual life that was associated with this particular area has been lost. I know there's a lot of people who are retrieving a lot of things and have a strong identity of being Zafiron, which is commendable. I mean, I take my hat off to them. But in terms of a traditional uh, viewpoint, this country is broken. And my great lifelong friend, Sammy Butcher, who's uh, an old fellow from Papunya, whom I went in 1980 and formed the warranty band with, he's been here and he's seen it. And he, he agrees, yes, it is broken, but there's still a spirit in the land here. You can feel it, but we don't have the rich cultural heritage which celebrated that what was once here. We don't have that anymore. And that's not just this area, but a lot of areas in southeastern Australia particularly were brutally dispossessed and people were forced off their land and never had a chance to kind of maintain connections that you need to to maintain that kind of intellectual treasure that goes with a patch yeah. of country that uh, you're, you've inherited through your clan or whatever. So that's acknowledging that, and it's also acknowledging the wider situation in the country, but also within that, we carry a lot of grief for things, but you have to be able to carry that and then still keep going and make the best of it. I still feel it's a song of hope, but it's, it, it's acknowledging 
the loss as well. So uh, I just it came to me very strongly. I was in Fremantle. I just come down the west coast from Broome and middle of winter. It just all of a sudden came to me one night staying in a mate's place in Fremantle, and um, it seemed to sum up how I felt about. Don't get me wrong. I, I love this region where I was born and raised. You know. But having spent time in the territory with mob up there who have still got strong cultural connections to their own land, I know what's been lost here. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's it's not a it shouldn't be an unfamiliar story to any Indigenous person. Really, they would they would know what I was talking about. No, not just for Indigenous people. Everyone in Australia should know that uh, story yes, and learn about absolutely. the truth. Yeah, about, well, we're uh, all the poorer. We are yeah. all impoverished of yeah. wonderful intellectual treasure that's been built up over tens of thousands of years, you know. It's it's just, it's still going on. I mean, the elders are dying every day and they're taking libraries in their heads, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of communities out are really embracing digital technology now and trying to record a lot of stuff that once upon a time it was taboo. You could not re- allowed to record them. You had to be, you had to, had to learn it orally, you know, and retain it in your mind. That was the traditional way things were imparted. But now people are, you know, desperately trying to, you know, retain as much as they can. So they've started to record things that, that, that perhaps previously uh, would not have been able to. And uh, the making of this uh, album, well, mixed in Sydney, and then um, contains some of um, the tracks uh, recorded in Melbourne and mixed in Sydney. You also have some collabs uh, in uh, this, uh, in the making of this album. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, how you worked among uh, other people with uh, uh, Jack Green? <coughs> yeah, Jack Green's a traditional owner from the Borrolula area specifically on that um, MacArthur River. And I was in Darwin in 2021 and um, somehow his people got in touch with me and the message was Jack Green wants to, wants to see me. He reckons I can write a song because he's been campaigning for quite a while to get some control back on on the devastating MacArthur River mine. And, and so I went to meet him and, uh, you know, he told me the story. Everything that's in that song, all the lyrics, is just what he told me. And I said to him, I said, well, you know, I, I can't promise I can do anything, but I'll, I'll have a go, you know. And he, did, he seemed to have great conviction in me that I could come up with something. Because, you know, he said, oh, we, we want to do a documentary and stuff. And he also sang me a couple of uh, a traditional song, you know, uh, from the area, mentioning the four place names that I use in that song. And and I said to him, I said, that's fantastic, you've got that. Nothing I can do can come near that, you know. He said, oh, no, we got that, but we want you to do it in English, you know, so people know the story. So so I went away for a couple of days, and I thought about it, and I'd be blown if I didn't get an idea on the guitar. So I, I knocked it out quickly, and I recorded it on my phone, and, I, and then I sent it to Jack. And I didn't hear anything for a couple of days, and I got a bit worried. I thought, geez, maybe he doesn't like it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I rang him up. I said, Jack, nearly a yeah. I said, did you get that song? He said, that bastard, I haven't been able to stop listening to that. How would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, just from what you told me. <laughs> so he was real pleased with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it says in the lyric, he said, you know, the, the elders 40-odd years ago didn't know what they were signing. 
didn't realise that the miners were going to shift the river, divert the river, so they could actually dig in the riverbed. And it's a rainbow serpent, you know. And he said, it's not to be disturbed. What do they do? They dig right down and they dig up these rocks, which is the rainbow serpent's guts, and brought them up to the air. And, of course, these rocks give off toxic fumes and people get sick and stuff. And, you know, it's not supposed to be up in the air. It's supposed to be down in his body where it belongs, he says, you know, and all this so, you know, it's been shown time and time again that what people consider to be, you know, dreaming stories, you know, they're not, they're not just myths, but they're based on actual realities that people know about the land, you know, and, um, you know, you can't, you can't ignore them, ignore them at your peril because they've got, you know, there's a truth in there that... You, you can't deny if you've spent, you know, sixty, seventy thousand odd years of human experience in a land. There's an acquired wisdom there, you know, from observations over a millennia that you can't ignore. You know, so I have, I have the greatest respect for indigenous knowledge, and a lot of that knowledge was encapsulated in dreaming uh, song lines and stories and all that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, definitely want to listen to a very beautiful album. A lot of praise from uh, all those who have had a chance to listen to the songs and who know about this uh, album, The Telling. Now, you are also now embarking on a nationwide tour to promote it with your band. Uh, tell us about uh, the next legs of this uh, tour. I've got two more band shows this month. There's one in Melbourne at the Northcote Social Club on Sunday, a matinee show, starts about 1, yeah. 1 p.m. And then on the 28th, I'm doing a show at Birago with a band. And after that, I'm basically going off solo because I can't, it's just not cost effective to carry a band around. All these guys have got jobs or they've got playing another band. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm making a bit of a splash at the moment with the band. And then I'm just going to be, uh, I sort of drift north in the winter and, and, um, you know, have occasional gigs so I can get around and um, and do shows. But, you know, I'll be going to up to Queensland and into Alice Springs and up to Fitzroy Crossing at the festival there in mid-July. Then I usually go to Broome once a year and I do a show with Stephen Pigram. And then I'll go to Darwin. And I might be able to put a little bit of a band from just Musos I Know in Darwin to do a show there about the end of July. And then I'm going across to far north Queensland and... Uh, I'll probably drift down back down after that in spring in September. Yeah. Wow, it's a few months of uh, really uh, hectic <laughs> travelling and uh, yeah. Look, it isn't that hectic, really. There's yeah. plenty of time. It's, it's it's kind of a lifestyle choice. It's yeah. transcontinental drifting with the the occasional gig. <laughs> and really reconnecting, most definitely reconnecting with friends and uh, oh, absolutely, like, you yeah, know, yeah. family and friends in the territory and and also in Kimberley. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just something I do every winter. I, I kind of migrate for a while, go go north, yeah. and then return in the spring. Yeah. Mm. Now, Neil Murray, before we part, any final thoughts uh, before we part? The songs are out there. I, I I think that, you know, for most people, there's probably a song or two on the album that, that will touch them, you know, and uh, I hope people, hope people listen to it, you know, hope they buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all we can go on, really, that... Uh, people can uh, find something of merit. Yeah.